You're listening to The Art of KCF. This week, I've got a little practical advice on how to support QTPOC during Pride Month and beyond. These notes were released as part of the Art of KCF newsletter, issue 71 sent to email subscribers on June 17th, 2023. In 2016, my friend Zach Pakenau and I collaborated on hosting Brounch, a Fargo-Moorhead Pride event centering queer and transgender people of color. QTPOC. Brunch was an informal social space specifically for queer and trans people of color's intentional community building and support. While I've since moved away from the FM area and the event has morphed into different iterations in the following years, I wanted to revisit some writing that Zach and I put out in the 2016 FM Pride Guide on ideas on how to support QTPOC and provide an updated list for 2023 on ways to highlight and amplify the voices and experiences of queer, Black, Indigenous, and people of color in your communities. If you didn't sign up for a lecture by a professor, feel free to jump ahead to the more typical sections of the newsletter for your creative inspiration. However, I invite you to think about how crafting spaces and communities that embrace our diversity is important for creative work and how all of us have a role to play in creating room for a better world where violence, hatred, and oppression no longer prevents these creative offerings from broader audiences. Every June 12th, I honor those whose lives were taken by gun violence in the Orlando Pulse shooting, where mostly Latinx and Black LGBTQ folks were targeted in an act of hateful and deadly violence. Understanding how to best support queer and transgender people of color as allies is important to our shared liberation struggles. While we appreciate the important relationships we cultivate with allies of color and white allies in our community, QTPOC also hold dear the special moments when our communities can hold space for one another. Part of the impetus for creating this list of suggestions came from the difficulties Zach and I faced in our predominantly white communities, where straight people of color wanted to participate in our safer spaces, and where some white queer folks felt excluded from the one event we asked them to not attend. While identitarian projects are under constant negotiation and are complex entry points for political projects, crafting spaces for queer, indigenous, brown, and black folks to come together was meaningful community organizing. To this day, Brunch was the only time in my near 10 years in the FM area where I gathered with others who experienced the lived realities of the intersections of racism, homophobia, and transphobia. While our experiences may differ based on a number of factors, colorism, gender presentation, gender identity, and the specific flavor of white supremacy we endure based on our cultural backgrounds, Exploring the possibilities of what sharing space with each other was, and remains, nourishing to my spirit. At the time, we had a tight word limit to adhere to, so I couldn't have as much context as I wanted when Zach and I first crafted this list. So I'll add today that QTPOC is a broad umbrella term. That means we all have our own work to do to support each other as allies to one another from different cultural backgrounds. 
In other words, while we crafted this list originally for mostly white folks in our predominantly white communities in 2016, I recognize the work I also carry in being an ally to other QTPOC who come from different cultures than I do. As a mixed-race Chicanx femme, I experience racism differently than my black queer femme neighbors, for instance. And I have a duty to support their ability to be their fullest self in our communities, as much as I am trying to etch my space here, too. Allyship, in this sense, is for all of us to navigate, regardless of our racial identifiers. Lastly, the original list included seven ideas for consideration, and I've included one more here in 2023, related to accessibility. In light of our ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, we continue to navigate. If you're open to supporting QTPOC in your community, here are seven, I mean eight, ways you might best enact your important allyship this Pride Month and ongoing. One, support our need to be with one another and don't take it personally when we seek space that does not include you if you do not identify as QTPOC. Two, respect our identities as complex by not making assumptions about our racial identities. Asking about our backgrounds with a simple, how do you identify, is acceptable as long as you're also sharing where you're coming from. Please avoid the urge to demand receipts from us. Where are you from expects us to prove our identities in demeaning ways. 3. Honor our cultures by challenging cultural appropriation. For instance, do not dress up as indigenous or other people of color for Halloween. Furthermore, profiting off of our cultures by disconnecting them from their origins to be trendy any time of the year is never good allyship. 4. Reach out to QTPOC when acts of racism, sexism, and or homophobia occur. Check in with your friends and family to see if they're doing okay. Ask how you can best support them in light of having to navigate the intersections of oppression. This can be especially important for supporting QTPOC residing in mostly white communities. 5. Include us in the process before details or the vision is set. For example, if you're planning an event and want QTPOC participation or attendance, avoid setting the time, date, program for the event without checking in with the community most impacted. These organizing efforts may unintentionally recenter dominant perspectives instead of fostering inclusion. Likewise, avoid tokenizing our participation. Are you including us for good optics, or are we truly valued from the inception to ensure programming considers our needs? 6. Center our experiences and knowledges by reading, retweeting, linking to, promoting, and or amplifying our voices and perspectives whenever you can. While there is a definite need for white folks to dismantle white supremacy through sharing their perspectives and knowledge, QTPOC are the experts on our lives. Sharing our expertise with your networks is one way you can challenge white supremacy. Seven. Remember to think of ally as a verb, not a noun. Good allies make mistakes, learn from them, and never see their journey as over. Allyship is not about earning your ally sticker, but instead a constant process of learning and doing better when you may be called in by your QTPOC friends. And lastly, eight. 
Regard accessibility needs proactively by implementing universal design protocols for gatherings. In our current pandemic era, this might look like safer practices for large group gatherings, pre-testing for COVID-19, encouraging mask wearing and or contact tracing. Other considerations like ensuring meeting spaces are physically accessible for those using wheelchairs or other mobility devices, investing in translation or interpretation services, or limiting scents are useful baseline steps to ensure your event is as accessible as possible for disabled QTPOC. Remember, accessibility interventions improves everyone's experience. To my QTPOC fam, happy pride. To my white, queer, and trans friends, happy pride. To the rest of y'all who don't fall into this fam, I'm sending love your way to you. It is my deepest hope that love is coming back to your queer and trans friends and families in words and actions during this moment in time and onward. ACT UP is not simply a historical movement. It's a mandate for all of us in our continued fight against homophobia and transphobia. Deep, deep love and rainbows and colorful, bright, shining beacons of possibility to all who push against normative boundaries. I'm with you. Are you with me? I recently journeyed to Hubbard County, where upstairs in the old historic courthouse, one can find the Nemeth Art Center. Up in their main gallery is a set of photographs by Pa Hua Her, called Attention Series, on view through June 25, 2023. Each of the nine photographs displayed are archival pigment prints measuring 50 by 40 inches and are adorned with trim, gilded frames. Each in a horizontal orientation, the portraits, all named Hmong veteran, but featured different individuals, were captured in 2012. Given the Nemeth Art Center's mission to exhibit contemporary art from emerging and recognized artists through thoughtful curatorial programming, hers photography fits the bill. As a recently named Guggenheim Fellow, an artist with work in the most recent Whitney Biennial, and having also just happened upon her work at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, this MCAD and Yale MFA Minnesota artist is going places. The works you can see for one more week highlight her subject matter of choice, a deep investigation of the Hmong experience in the U.S. Here, she chooses veterans posed against velvety backdrops, playing with the tropes of portraiture drawn from her research at the National Portrait Gallery. In a video profile of the series, linked in the show notes, produced by MIA Films, Pa discusses how these photographs were inspired by her coming upon Hmong veterans dressed in U.S. military uniforms who had gathered at her great-uncle's funeral. When she asked them what branch of the military they served in, they responded that they were part of the guerrilla forces supporting the U.S. during the Vietnam War, and consequently were not actually recognized as veterans by the U.S. military. Their uniforms are informed by their personal research, learning, and attempts to make legible their service to the U.S. military. Of course, as a painter, I immediately saw the three-quarter pose of many of these veterans against the lush, rippled fabric backgrounds as a nod to painterly portraits of important men, whether they be military figures of the past of this nation or others or of aristocracy, that she imbues dignity for those who the U.S. military continues to not recognize as veterans, 
creates opportunities for discussion through her artwork. The fact that one can see this work in Park Rapids, Minnesota, is an important recognition to the contributions Hmong folk have made to our state. And I'm grateful I've had the chance to see this series up at the Nemeth through June 25th. I encourage you to check it out and see what you think, too. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of KCF. The Art of KCF newsletter and podcast is a fiscal year 2023 recipient of a Creative Support for Individuals grant from the Minnesota State's Arts Board. This activity is made possible by the voters of Minnesota thanks to legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. The Art of KCF is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Candice Creel Falcon, with musical editions by Mountaineer via Upbeat. For a full transcript of the audio, plus all the features of my newsletter, like book reviews, creative links that inspire me, and an update on what's happening in my studio, be sure to find me through the link in the show notes. Till next time, may the joy of creative inquiry guide your path.